0: Listening with the Future Radio Network proudly presents The Ref's Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Hello. I'm, Hello. Joined as I am each and every week by Amelia Mad Dog. Hello. You know, kid? How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? We had a little, little incident tonight, didn't we?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: We're here. Thank you, God. We're here. <laughs> shit. Oh, man. Tonight... Very interesting topic. Actually, you, uh, like, like I do in a lot of things, I have to blame Mike Messier for this one. <laughs> well, I got
1: to know the guys, so hey, I'm happy. <laughs> Good,
0: there you go. Beautiful.
1: <laughs> Tonight,
0: the role of the wrestling referee and to walk us through this muck and mire. <laughs> let me introduce the table. <laughs> yeah. And he knows where I'm going. The old Joey knows where I'm going with this year. First of all, <laughs> Let me introduce my my friend, uh, probably the guy I've known longest here. His name is Mike Messier. He is an actor, director, writer, producer. He's the guy uh, who can actually say for, and this is the truth: he was the very first guest this show ever had. When Jeff, the ref, Robinson, and I were were just uh, mere pups in the podcast game. Um, Mike Messier was the first guy that we actually had. And believe, Mikey, you did that interview with us from a hotel room. You're on the road somewhere. You're muted, Mikey. Uh Uh-oh.
2: Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I was in the process of moving. I was I was in the process of moving from Rhode Island to Florida at the yes. time, and I pulled over at a hotel in South Carolina to do that interview with you guys. He it was a lot sure of fun.
0: did. Yeah, you sure did. And I'll tell you what, it was a hell of an interview too. You got Jeff riled up that night. You remember that? <laughs> you have to I know that, that Jeff the Jeff ref. <laughs> <laughs> rest his soul was. A, a, a tried-and-true and, and staunch-to-his-core WWE purist. And <laughs> yeah. if you know anything about Mikey Messier, he is, certainly is not. <laughs> yeah, well, he used to be. I, at one time I
2: was, but, you know, it, it, it soured on me. But the funny thing, Angelo, and I've, you know this one, is that unfortunately the, the night that um, Jeff passed away, Uh, I believe it was February 28th, uh, 2020. I was actually at an NXT show in Florida, which I always thought was Jeff's final rib on me, is that he he got me to go to an NXT show uh, the night that he passed on. But Jeff was a great guy.
0: The rib, Mikey, is on both of us because he actually passed on February 29th. It was a leap year. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) And his mother... His mother, I spoke to his mother a few days after his passing, and she said, Leave it to Jeff to even die on an unusual day. And wow, that was what that's it, that's, true. Uh, that's a direct quote from his mom. <laughs> but his mother, God rid- bless yeah. her, she was, um, his mother was a, was a, a faithful, God fearing woman. She worked for the 700 Club for Pat Robertson. Wow. Can't make this stuff up. Joining us also is Joey Lynn. Joey is a referee. For 25 years, Joey has worked for uh, the Independent Circuit largely and uh, OIAW Championship and Chaotic Kingdom and uh, Ozark Mountain Wrestling uh, among just a few of the probably 50 or 60 promotions he's worked for. Uh, He is a veteran of the ring for some 25 years and a guy... uh, as we were talking before we went on the air, a guy who has uh, more than paid his dues, I think, yeah, in that's order true. to discuss uh-huh. uh, yeah. a little bit tonight. And, of course, Amelia Valerio Chapman. She is my co-host, my partner in crime. We call her the <laughs> mad chick, the mad dog. We call her <laughs> living La Vida Loca. We call her <laughs> Firecracker. What else do we call you?
1: Uh, as long as you don't call me late for dinner, hey, like, hey. hey. <laughs> you know that one, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, <my yeah. laughs>
0: here's what kind of got me started, I, uh, and it's no secret, I don't watch a lot of wrestling anymore because I just honestly, I can't stomach the product. And when I do watch, it's largely uh, either AEW or uh, a larger independent. Mm-hmm. Like Ring of Honor, something like that. Um, I'm going to open this up by uh, by showing you something from uh, Mr. Mike Messier. Mm-hmm. I want you to take a look at this film clip.
2: Mike Messier. So now we're going to talk about referees. It's Nick Patrick, in my book, could not be a great classic referee even though he was involved in many great classic angles and big matches in WCW. I believe, I could be wrong, that Nick Patrick had some WWE time on SmackDown once the acquisition took place. I could be wrong, but I'm having a memory. If I'm wrong, uh, I forgive my goddamn self. But I think that Nick Patrick's problem, and I've said this to a good friend of mine, Nick Patrick was too tall. He was too big, he was too tall. The only time that Nick Patrick to me was effective as a referee was when he was refereeing cruiserweights because then this big kind of goofy guy, Nick Patrick, who was good at his job technically, he re-emphasized the smallness in size-wise of the, the smaller wrestlers. A Rey Mysterio and Psychosis with a Nick Patrick as a ref is pretty good. Although psychosis was pretty big for a cruiserweight, but basically you get my idea, which was Nick Patrick was too big for a referee. Who's the greatest referee of all time? Tommy Young. Period. End of story.
0: With that, uh, led to kind of uh, a synchronicity of minds. I had no idea, quite frankly, that Mikey had had done a rant on refs. But am I surprised? No. Because Mikey does rants on a lot of things that often uh, synchronize with my thought process anyway. It's interesting, Mikey, the first thing, and we're going to hit it right out of the chute. The first thing you said, Nick Patrick is too big to be a ref. We should point out something, Mikey. Nick Patrick's father is Jody Hamilton, one half of the assassins. That's right. That's first thing we need to point out. Second thing we need to point out is Nick Patrick was a wrestler for four years. Yeah. And a lot of people forget that because he's so known as a referee. Mm-hmm. Okay. He is a big man. If you've ever stood next to him, you know this. He's a very big guy. Um, was he effective as a referee, Mikey, in your opinion? I think I stand by what I said in
2: that video. You know, I think for, for uh, technically he was great. I mean, he knew his job. It, mm-hmm. it was just you're born into the body you're born into. And he was a big guy. And if he's refereeing Sting versus Hogan, which he did at Starkey 97, wow. he's bigger than Sting. <laughs> you know, like I think he's <laughs> taller than Sting. Sting's supposed yeah. to be going for the world title. And so I, I stand by everything I said. I think yeah. to referee, mm-hmm. think he was great. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's another thing. I want to you know when when referees do like a heel referee angle and then yeah. they go back in a referee i don't like that because i I'm feel like you, brother yeah so he yeah. did that with the pro, you know what mm-hmm. i mean so i, I yeah have, i have no real will towards nick patrick trust me i've never met the guy and like i said technically he was great he knew his job he knew wrestling I'm sure he was very dedicated. I just yeah. feel that the body he was built with, maybe he should have done wrestling full time uh, as actual as a, as a wrestler.
0: Maybe, yeah. you know,
2: but that's just my opinion.
0: But the guy you say was the best of all time is the man right in front of us, and his name is Tommy Young. Mm-hmm. Arguably, I think Joey Lynn would, would certainly second that. Emotion. I will.
3: I will. Definitely is, second that uh,
0: so let me ask you, Joe. You're a ref. You are a 25 year veteran ref. What is it about Tommy Young that makes him the quintessential referee?
3: He's uh very down the middle. Okay. There's no there there's no give and there's no take. Okay. okay. Tommy, Tommy was on, he was one of the guys that is not only a worker, but he's also a referee. Sure, Okay. absolutely. Here's the reason why I say that. Because if a referee who truly wants to be in this business and have an impact anytime in this business will pay attention to every match that he's associated
0: with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay?
3: And there's a reason for that. Okay? That reason is to let these guys know if they get lost where they're at next. That reason is also in case somebody gets hurt. You're there to make sure everything is taken care of, whether it be with the next, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Okay. Tommy Young's that guy. Okay. You said something
0: very interesting, Joey. You said something very, very interesting. And I don't know if everybody caught it. I certainly did. Mm -hmm. You said not only is he a great referee because he's down the middle, he's also a great worker. Yes. And I want to, and I do not want that to go by the wayside. I want to explore that. Mike, you and I have always been of the mindset, and I think this is it's no secret, if anybody watches the show, they know this, that the referee is as integral a part of the match as the, as the wrestlers, clearly, okay? Really? Yes. There are certain referees who stand out heads and shoulders above the rest of their peers. Tommy Young is one of those guys. Yes. Mike Kiyota is another one of those guys. A guy who who refereed that actually doesn't live but five minutes from me. Um, Jim Molyneux, former ECW, WWE, WWF referee, Jim Molyneux. And these guys, they have a certain persona. They have a certain look. Um, You know, Jim Molyneux's case, he's a little overweight uh, in... um, in, in John Finnegan's case, he's a, he, he's a guy who doesn't look like he belongs there, but he knows his job exceedingly well. Mike Chioda is a small guy in stature on the thinner side, and he makes his the guys in the ring look ginormous next to him. It's interesting. That's going to come up in here. So, mm-hmm. Joey, you've been around a long time in this business. I want to hit you with with some of these um, some of these the standard ref questions. Um, referees, work or shoot? Work. Okay. When does it become shoot for you?
3: When the blood starts pouring and you actually see some uh, knuckles going mm-hmm. to the face. Yeah, that becomes a shoot. That's when you need to get involved.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Glad you said that because we're going to read some stuff tonight. Um, Amelia. Yes, you've been very quiet so far because I haven't come to you yet. But I am now.
1: <laughs> Did he not say to not interrupt you, him? Did he not you, say that?
0: You brought something up to me that I think is going to be very interesting to Joey and uh-huh. very interesting to Mikey. Uh-huh. Now let me let me segue into this by saying that Amelia is from Texas. Yes. And the first referee who made an impression on her and you and I talked about it. So it's no secret. The first referee that made an impression on her was Bronco Lubitsch. Oh, wow. Okay. You guys, both of you guys know who I'm talking about. Tell everybody what was it about Bronco Lubitsch that made you hate him so much.
1: Well, it's not really that made me hate him that much. It's just that whenever he came out, everybody, even the wrestlers were like, oh, my God, this guy's going to be the referee. Oh, dear. We're going to be here forever. He is going to take forever to count. Oh, my God. Why do we have to have this referee? You know, even the fans were like, oh, my God, this referee really? Because, you know, because like you said, he was bigger and slower. I understand. Everybody was like, oh, my God, this referee. You know, mm-hmm. but that happens, you know, that yeah. that's his character. That was his character he was going to play. And of course, that's what everybody was like. Yes, everybody. They knew that's what he was going to be in the ring. And but it's funny, though, because
0: that- when you and I spoke about that the other mm-hmm. night and mm-hmm. by, the, by the way, this mm-hmm. conversation took place off camera. Yes. I which remember was even more interesting
1: mm-hmm. Um
0: but, and I, and that's kind of what prompted the show about referees. Mm-hmm. So we didn't need to do a show about referees. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. And then, as synchronicity would have it, Mike Messier's video popped up by way sure. of my inbox, and yes. uh, and Mikey shared that video. Um, very interesting that everything kind of worked together.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: want to tell everybody, and this is what we got to kind of talk about. This,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I want you guys to take a look at it. In professional ref, wrestling. A referee is an authority figure present in or near the ring during matches. The referee's purpose is similar to that of referees in combat sports, such as boxing or mixed martial arts. That is the uh, arbitrator of the rules and the mm-hmm. person charged with rendering decisions. Mm-hmm. In reality, to get to what Joey and Mikey were saying, the referee is in reality like the wrestler's a participant in yes. executing a match in accordance with the script, if there's a script, including its predetermined outcome. And we're going to talk about that. Yes. We're going to talk about that because that's been the source of a lot of controversy, Mike Messier. This this yes. idea that the outcomes are predetermined, mm-hmm. that wrestling is somehow choreographed and fake. We're going to talk about what's real and what's not. And is responsible for controlling the flow of the match. Joey, we're going to talk about that. And for relaying information or instructions from the backstage official to the wrestlers. Like wrestlers, referees are also responsible for maintaining kayfabe. Uh That's why I asked about work and shoot. And must render decisions in accordance with the promotion's kayfabe rules. So let's talk about this. Very, very interesting. They used the word kayfabe a couple times. Mike Messier, mm-hmm. um, yes. we, we very often associate kayfabe and, uh, and the idiosyncrasies, if you will, of kayfabe with wrestlers and promoters. We don't normally associate kayfabe with ref- referees because they are even in a work environment they're considered the um, the odd man out, the the, the if you will, the, the middle of the. Mm-hmm. And is giving it the applause, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they yeah. are the odd man out for mm-hmm. all intents and purposes. Right. Why is it that we we don't consider that element of case fade, Mike Messier?
2: I think overall, uh, the WWE, in my opinion, has been guilty for maybe fifteen years of. Downplaying and diminishing the authority of the referee figure, and one trend—I'm not sure if this answers your question—but the earpiece. I forgot the name of the, the earpiece that goes to from Vince in the dressing room or the locker room yeah. or the backstage gorilla position, wherever you want to call it, to the referee. Yeah. I think once you strip the referee of actually taking control of the match, and if there's some type of instruction, you send out your ring attendant or your ring announcer from mm-hmm. the back of the, you know, yeah. backstage down the aisle and and give the referee the the one the mulligan or the one side whatever you call it but my point is just the humanity being stripped uh because of those earpieces and i understand it's because of television production and so forth but guess what in the 80s and 90s they were doing a lot of tv wrestling as well pay-per-views and everything and you didn't need all that uh equipment and the humanity is stripped um what I've heard, and I could be wrong, but I've heard that the WWE instructs the referees to call things like a shoot if they're calling the one, two, three, four, five yeah. on the rope, and the wrestler continues the chokehold or the hold on the ropes. Yeah, apparently the referees are instu- instructed to call for the bell. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but I mean I've heard that several times. Well, we're going to uh, see uh, to an me, example
0: of that uh, I, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to see an example. Hey, you of mentioned that Bronco Lucha. I wrote down
1: some. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's, funny. That's awesome, dude. That's
0: awesome, That's Look, Joey. <laughs> Joey Lynn, referee. Yeah. Yes, sir. Referee Joey Lynn, let's talk yeah. about this. You're the guy, uh, in many ways, you're the focus of the show, really. Yes. Because you're the guy in the middle. You're the third guy in the ring.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, sir.
0: Um, you've got two workers, and then you've got the referee. You can't have a match without you. Yes. That's In true. some ways you're the most important part of the match. Yes. Exactly. Okay, and I asked you a question a little while ago about work and shoot. So here's here's I guess is the real question. Um how do you work you know, quote unquote work a match effectively enough that people don't believe you're a part of the match? You, you have this. probably the most difficult job because you've got to make it seem like you're down the middle, when you know and they know you're in on it. Mm-hmm. You're you see you're, you're in on the uh, the plan here.
3: All well, right. So everybody sees the little earpiece right here, yes, right? Yes, Take it uh-huh. out. Uh-huh. Take it out. Okay. Okay. Now control the match. Really? Now you're gonna know the difference between a work and a shoot. Okay. Okay. It's gonna be real evident to you what a work mm-hmm. is, and what a shoot is. Okay? It's kind of like when you walk into a dressing room. Yes, sir. And you reach and grab a wrestler's hand, and you're like, hey, man, I'm so-and-so. How you doing? Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of guys do not even pick up on it that I check their handshake to see how they're going to work that night.
0: Yeah.
3: Okay? Idea- if you we- shake light with me, I know you're a light worker.
0: Yeah. Well, let me tell everybody what you're talking about, Joey. The, uh, the idea that if you grab someone's hand and you have a very loose, limber shake, the, the transition is that you work loose in the ring. Now, I had the opportunity to shake hands with a lot of guys, okay? A guy who straight up worked, and, and he worked the way he looked, Don Morocco. Oh, no. my. Mm-hmm. This man... Had a hand that looked like a baseball mitt. Okay. Yep. He's a big man, big, big, big guy. Even now, he's still a big guy and still in shape, by the way. But when Don Morocco grabs your hand, he engulfs your hand. Yeah. So, in a lot of ways, it's hard to tell if he's working or shooting with you, but because he's such a big guy. Yeah. But let me tell you something when he grabbed a hold of my hand, brother, I know this meant he meant business when he goes to work. Right. Okay. On the other hand, the guy, uh, a big guy, you know, a guy that you think could rip your freaking head off, Randy Macho Man Savage, mm-hmm. shook my hands like a feather. Yeah. he. a light worker. Yeah. And I I, I I, hung out with him and Lanny and Elizabeth at, yeah. backstage at the Philadelphia Spectrum for probably two hours. And just the nicest, sweet guy too. By the way, rest in peace, Randy Macho Man. Yes, most
3: definitely.
0: But ever. you've been around a long time, so and I need to know from from you, from from a guy that's been there. You're in a ring. The situation calls for you to get physical, if, and and no one wants to ever see a referee get physical. I think that's fair enough to say, right? Right. But sometimes you've got to get physical. You've got to put yourself, for lack of a better word, in harm's way, right? Mm -hmm. How do you do that as, A, part of a show, B, protect yourself, C, protect your workers there, and most importantly, convey to your promoter that you're you're in charge of the trouble that's about to ensue? Let's I see. know you've had a situation like that, and that's why I'm asking
3: you yes. about it. Let's see. So let's first let's start with uh, work. Okay. Yes, sir. All of professional wrestling is work. Yes, sir. Okay. No, it is no denying it. Okay. There's and, and Amelia will understand when I say this Texas mm-hmm. strong style.
1: Yes. Okay.
3: So it, the difference in the work and the strong style is how you figure you're putting yourself into a match mm-hmm. okay yep. so you've got like we've talked about with the handshake right so you have your like workers you have your stiff workers yeah okay that's how you determine how you're going to help coordinate this match okay if you're working mm-hmm. in texas like i do a lot
0: mm-hmm. it's strong
3: style yeah don't yes. think i'm not going to get involved in this match oh yes i'm going to make sure you're on point <laughs> yeah, i every bit of it because the mm-hmm. fans in texas Mess up one time and find out how they're going to attract
1: you. Oh, yeah. I heard. Okay. Mm-hmm. My and grandmother, I... yes. My grandmother is a testimony to that. Oh, yeah.
0: Yes. And she I... did. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Good ahead, yeah.
1: Oh, well, my grandmother, when uh, Ricky Romero was wrestling back in the day, we used to, of course, sit way up on top, and she would come to the wrestling matches with Ricky Romero. And before we knew it, we are like, where's my grandmother at? Where's my— she was down in the bottom of the ringside yelling at the referee. Can you not see what he's doing to Ricky Romero? Hello, open your eyes. Hello, do I have to go in there and be the referee? Hello, do your job. Hello. And she was getting in with the referee. She was getting at it with him. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm this is sure. my grandmother. And she was like almost in the ring. We had to like pull her back. And the referee's like, you better pull her back. You better pull her back. It's like, hey, that's my grandmother. I, uh-uh, I'm disrespect. Uh-uh, you better deal with the match.
0: Amelia and I, that, you know, I, Amelia yeah. and I have a thing we do on the show here called show and tell. Oh, so mm-hmm. I going to show you a little, uh, little slideshow here. And we're going to, we're going to take a look and we're going to talk about them. Mm-hmm. So take a look at this. Let me get rid of this here for just a second.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's interesting. We're talking about the role of the ref.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there's several things happening here that never happened before. You mm-hmm. see wrestlers becoming referees. Mike Messier, when did that become a thing where a a wrestler would be, you know, would be uh, invoked as the ref, the third guy in the ring? And can a wrestler be true earliest... down the middle?
2: Well, the, the earliest uh, recollections I have, Angelo, is uh, I believe both Rilla Monsoon, uh, maybe in the late seven, Mm-hmm. And I, remember, I remember my very young child, Sweet Hansen, who was kind of, the fans took a liking to Big Sweet Hansen, and they started making mm-hmm. Sweet Hansen a special guest referee for some matches, and usually involving Magnificent Morocco as the Intercontinental Champion yeah. against you know Johnson, let's say, and. Yeah. um They kind of introduced the special ref as the referee wrestler as a ref thing, um, just to kind of push feuds, and typically it was kind of a way to get like Sweet Hansen a match with Don Morocco himself. Is that he would obviously be biased against Morocco and disqualify him, and then the next that the because this was the house show era, you'd come back and you'd have okay Don Morocco is going to wrestle Sweet Hansen now because. Swede was the referee that disqualified him, and now they're going to have a match. That's yeah. what I remember. Uh, what you saw there, the Bret Hart Shawn Michaels picture. I think that's from SummerSlam '97. It when is. Shawn was mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. Hard and Soul pay per view SummerSlam when um, Bret lost the title to the Undertaker, and they basically used that as a way to further the Shawn Michaels Undertaker feud because Shawn Absolutely. swung a chair at Bret, and Bret missed, and he hit the t- hit Undertaker. So. I'm not opposed to can can a ref can a wrestler be down the middle the answer is probably not but that's it's usually a storyline purpose that yes. they're doing a guest wrestler as a ref it's usually to advance a feud between that wrestler as ref and one of the two participants
0: Joey Lynn is that concept viable in wrestling very did, very did, does it is it still is it still viable now in the in a day where K Fabe doesn't exist and everybody kind of knows what's behind the curtain?
3: Now you hear the word special enforcer. Mm. Okay. okay. Now you hear the word special enforcer. Okay, so we're gonna take okay. uh we're gonna take a stone cold and he's gonna be the special enforcer to this match. Okay, yeah. we don't need Mike Kyoto. We don't need anybody else. We want him to be the guy to control this match because yeah. these two guys are gonna go out here, gonna try to beat the hell out of each other. They don't care who's gonna get in the way. Okay, so you yeah. gotta have somebody that's able to withstand the pressure, so to speak. Okay, interesting to handle the bit to handle the biz. Mike
0: Messier, what do you know about the gentleman on your screen right now?
3: That's Charles Robinson, you
2: know, and he made my list tonight too as another yeah. guy. Great referee, but once again, he did the the baby nature thing showing mm-hmm. bias towards Ric Flair and I think 99 yeah. WCW. And then he tries to go back and be a regular referee for, and for it's amazing I take things Mikey. too
0: seriously, but I just don't like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mikey, thank you for bringing that up. A yeah. lot of people have turned a blind eye to that. Those that know about it. More importantly, there are a lot of people that don't know about that. That Charles mm-hmm. Robinson, right. who by all accounts is a hell of a referee, Mm-hmm. And about as and about as big as I am, quite frankly, he's about five foot four, five five. He's not a big guy at all. And he's very thin, quite frankly. But yeah, he played the uh the role of baby Nate you know, or little natch, mm-hmm. uh, in right. WCW back in the day. And a lot of people oh I forgot, hold on. I just here we go. Oops, um, yeah, but he uh, he played this this you know character associated with the Ric Flair. Hey, uh, here's an interesting kind of guy. Now, Mike, I know Hebner. you got some interesting um, uh, opinions on this gentleman here. You know the Hebners are good
2: referees. They're most they're most famously known the Dave Earl Hebner, you know, twin identical referees. Or they were trying to say it was plastic surgery. Ted DiBiase you know, paying one of the Hebners <laughs> to get past <wrestling> the <laughs> Even then, I
1: mean, I'm
2: telling you, I was, I was a young wrestling fan, but I knew that the Hebners had both worked the Georgia and Mid-Atlantic mm-hmm. territories at the same time. So mm-hmm. I knew what the what was going on when I saw that happen in live time. But a lot of people didn't because a lot of fans, that's uh, Dick Kroll, I believe, who's who's on my list That of is, legends. in
0: fact, mm-hmm. Dick Kroll, and I brought him up for my generation. Let me tell you about Dick Kroll. And thank you, Mikey, for recognizing and knowing who he is. A lot of oh, people yeah. don't know who this man is, but he was the original heel ref. This was a guy, he was the original heel ref. Why do I say that? He's the guy who pulled the fast count on Bruno San Martino that caused him to look to Ivan Koloff in Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. That night, Bruno said... He thought he went deaf because you could hear a pin drop. It was an interesting turn of events. Dick Crow, however, made up for his dastardly ways and became one of the uh, the altar. And this is the other brother, by the way, Mikey. That was Earl. This is Dave. This is Dave. Right. Yep. This is um, you mentioned Gorilla Monsoon. Mm -hmm. This is his son, the late Joey Morella. Yeah, he was. And you're going to see Gorilla shortly, too. WrestleMania three um, referee. Yeah, um, a, an interesting career move for guy because he was supposed to be a wrestler. Gorilla was training him to be a wrestler, and he chose to be a referee instead. Uh, Joey Lynn, good move, bad move. Do you think it affected? You know, did it affect him adversely? Would he? Nah.
3: Would he be around longer? Uh, that's hard to say. Uh, I mean, really, in a nutshell, that is hard to say. I don't think it affected him adversely that way. Uh, I could, I, I, I mean, it could, it could affect you. Don't, don't get me, don't get me twisted. It can affect you, mm-hmm. okay, down the road, okay, sure. because people are gonna look at you. Well, uh, you use this so and so, or you use this so and so, and I don't trust you, or yeah. you're not crap, or whatever the case may be. So yeah. down the road. Yes, it could affect you. It can. That's the reason why I agree with uh, Mr. Messier right here about your heel referees and your back and forth. Okay, it yeah. hurts you. It takes your credibility away.
0: Well, and in that yeah. perfect in that perfect segue of timing, yeah, let's enter the uh, the fray with dangerous Danny Davis, Mike Messier. Your opinions on Danny Davis. Well, it was at the time,
2: uh, February 1987, You know, he, he had a few little hints when Macho Man beat Tito Santana with a foreign object in, I believe, Boston Garden, if I get my memory right. Uh, right. Danny, was, Danny was the referee for that one. You and sure then it wasn't was, until about yeah, 10 or 11 months later, he was the referee when the Dynamite Kid got knocked out against the Hart mm-hmm. Foundation with the yep. uh, megaphone from Jimmy Hart. Mm-hmm. And the Hart Foundation was able to get the tag belts over uh, the Bulldogs on yeah. a uh, Superstars of Wrestling, and that was the full-on heel switch for Danny Davis, oh, and boy. he went to WrestleMania three. <laughs> oh, and uh, they didn't have a tag team title defense, the, but the Hart Foundation teamed up with Danny Davis, and yes, they, they actually, did. I believe, they
0: defeated the Bulldogs and Tito Santana. And so, and you are went... you're actually looking at a still from that match, Mikey, because yeah. it took place in Madison Square Garden. And Howard Finkel, old, old reliable, and there's Jimmy Hart. That was uh, that was <laughs> the match, and this is a still from it.
3: Oh. Danny yeah, wrestling, Davis wrestling.
0: was an interesting guy because he didn't look like he could do any damage, but he was a tough son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he he legit that. legit. He's a tough <laughs> guy. He's Mike a nice Keota. guy
2: too. Yeah.
3: What do you, What do you know about Mike Kyoto, Joey? Mike Kyoto is actually a guy that if, if I'm training another official in the ring, mm-hmm. I kind of no, – I don't train him as far as me. i have kind of mm-hmm. mocked, uh, so to speak, and I, I kind of give that a, a, a blessing to Mike, but uh, I have kind of mocked him a little bit on his work style, and I try to train the future generation right. off of that style because Mike is so fluent in the ring. You're not going to find another referee now that could work like Mike did five years ago, yeah. 10 years ago, okay? You just don't find them right now. <laughs> now, I thought that uh, Earl Hefner's son would have uh, been another one because I thought his style kind of did somewhat in the same similarities as what Mike's did, but not quite so. Yeah. But as far as Mike Kyoto man – Dude, from from where I stand at as an official in the world of professional wrestling, you're not going to find a different guy out there that you could get more learning from just by watching him.
0: Absolutely. Not not, to not
3: listening to anything he's got to say. You can watch him and learn a whole heck of a lot.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Amelia, what do you know about the gentleman on your screen right now?
1: I Actually, cannot remember his name, but I've seen his face. I'm better with faces than I am with names. Tim White.
0: Tim White.
1: Tim White. Thank you.
0: It's interesting about Tim White. He's he's. I call him the underdog of referees. Mm -hmm. I do too. Yes. He's a guy that, uh, upon looking at him, you would think to yourself, he doesn't have it to be a ref. What is? Mm -hmm. What are his qualifications? He's short. He's Mm -hmm. fat. He doesn't look like he belongs there. Again, mm-hmm. very deceiving. Looks can be deceiving. Very, right. But he's a tough son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. He enforced the rules. Mm-hmm. He called it down the middle. But he had one more quality, Mike Messier, that you I and I know that that, the, that our young our young pups here don't know. He was the guy responsible for Andre the Giant. Oh, yeah. wow. People don't know that that was Andre I didn't know that. the Giant's handler was Tim. Oh White. wow! Andre's handler was that gentleman, Tim White. Tim I Andrew, did not Andrew. know that. That Tim is White White awesome. Is, uh, is still <laughs> alive and still well, and he owns a bar in Boston, Mass.
2: It's, it's actually Cumberland, Rhode Island, the Friendly Tap. Oh, I've been there
0: K- Count Cumberland. Okay. Okay. Well, he did own a bar. Island. Here you go, Cumberland. and this is another another example of. Uh, of a, a, a wrestler as a referee uh, Samoa Joe Mikey, uh, why is, why is it a, such a, why is it a bad idea to put Samoa Joe in any kind of special enforcer or referee capacity well typically cuz 9
2: 9 times out of 10 or 99 out of 100 Samoa Joe will be the toughest guy in the match You know, he's legitimate. (laughs) I don't know who else you would have in a a match that Samoa Joe couldn't be tougher than. So, what you're doing, unfortunately, is you're diminishing the actual wrestlers, the participants, by having the toughest guy in the ring be the referee. Um, and you know, like I said, the the referee being used, uh, the guest wrestler referee thing. It's okay, but it's just one of those things that's been done a lot too much, yeah. done too much in the last 20 years. Um, there's also been times when they've had Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson, yeah. WrestleMania. Oh, WrestleMania gosh, sure. But both times, Absolutely. Ali and Tyson uh-huh. uh, were, were promoted as being the referee. But once you got to the actual show, oh, we're going to use our regular referee to referee the match, and we're going to have Tyson and Ali as the enforcer ref which I think both times the the Mm -hmm. actual show takes place. Um, But to me, um, you know, it's kind of like ring announcer, you know, another job that's underappreciated. And you can't just put, I guess you can, if you want, you can put anybody out there to be a ref or a ring announcer. But the reality is Tom Miller as a ring announcer for the War Games 87 resonates uh yeah. some of these mm-hmm. announcers today don't resonate right. um and yeah some referees tommy mm-hmm. young dick Kroll, dick Worley. i wanted to mention mm-hmm. uh david manning from world class and rick hazard those were the two good world-class officials bronco was the yeah. slow one rick hazard and david manning were incredible um yeah
1: Eli oh
0: young, my god yeah bill alfonso
1: oh, on, eric <laughs>
0: Big, yeah, well, now line. go ahead, Amelia. I I caught that. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: uh, David Manning was a good referee only if you were a von Eric. Sorry,
0: only two of von um, Eric. she said, yeah. Sorry. And 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 Lynn. Sorry, not sorry. Exception to that. There's I, I have two gentlemen on the screen: Charles Robinson and Vince mm-hmm. McMahon. It is said, and I and I forget the you know the, the expressions on their face. Oh, look what at Vince. Oh, dear. Said, <laughs> it's priceless, too, by the way. It that is, is said priceless that Vince McMahon's favorite referee in WWE is Charles Robinson. Mm-hmm. Somehow, Mike Messier, I'm not surprised by that. Sure. Somehow, I'm not surprised by that.
2: He's a good ref. If he hadn't done the Baby Nate's thing, I'd have no issue with him, but you know, yeah. Charles Robinson yeah. technically is a yeah. great ref. It's
0: you know, Mikey, tell everybody about the young lady to the uh to the left and the screen here. Well, the first name is Jessica. I'm trying to remember her last name, but
2: she's she's yeah. she was an NXT. She's very popular. She's. I was going to mention that some of the female referees, uh, they've got at least two in WWE and NXT. She's one of them, Jessica. Uh, they've got Audrey. Ep- Audrey Edwards is a very popular referee in AEW. Yeah. The female referee thing, you know, has got some lineage. Unfortunately, uh, our buddy there, Vince, uh, didn't get along very well, apparently, with, I think her name was Lisa Marie, the first uh, WWF Mm -hmm. referee back in the 80s. There was some lawsuits and allegations about those two. Sexual sexual harassment.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's what, yep, exactly. I was going to say that.
0: (laughs) Now, there's something very wrong when the owner of the company looks bigger than the guys working for him, okay? There's something very wrong with that. There's also something very wrong with the owner of the company acting as a referee in his own yep. company. I have a problem with that, too. Yeah. But we have some breaking news. Um, we have some breaking news. From Jimmy hey. Thunder from down under Angelo, congratulations on getting the number one wrestling podcast in New Zealand. Hey, hey. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I will give that one. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Awesome. Here's one. Uh, I think referee Daniel Spencer is a good ref. In my opinion, he's a good guy as well. Okay. Uh, Daniel Spencer,
3: who is he, uh, guys? Uh, I want to say he's the ball Edwin.
0: Oh, 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 oh! oh. You know who he is? I know, Mikey. Uh, he's he works for Al Snow, Ohio Valley Wrestling. Okay. I know who he is now. I know who yeah. he is now. Yeah, if he's working with Al Snow, he's got to be very fu- fundamentally sound because Al Snow is a traditionalist. Jimmy also says, Charles Robinson apparently is a huge help backstage, and uh, he also helps set up the ring. Or maybe that's why Vince likes him mm-hmm. so much.
2: I think that's the that's- referee's job with the WWE. The referees mm-hmm. are also the ring crew, if
0: I'm not mistaken. Oh, are yeah. they also the, uh, the, the ring attendant as well? Now, I believe uh, that so, Joey, in, in your organization, if you've worked for oh, god, I mean, I'm just going to put this back up on the screen. You've worked for SOAR, you've worked for the, uh, the mm-hmm. IPWR, um, Independent Pro Wrestling Association, uh, Chaotic Kingdom All Pro Championship, <sighs> Mountain. Uh, you've been around and you're a veteran of 25 years in the business, you've been around a long time. Um, Mm-hmm. In your position, do you do just referee or do you do you coach? Like, I know several referees who do coaching with, with workers. uh, will take them on the side and, you know, tell
3: them. I do. Give them I do. I coach. Um, do fundamental basics referee? as far as pro wrestling, uh, I also work with. Uh, your basic fundamentals. I mean, I'm not a high flyer. Okay, I'm about right. five foot nine. Mm-hmm. I'm the perfect height for a free.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay,
3: uh, I don't fly around. Uh, right. when I bump myself, that might be a different story. Okay, so
0: explain to yeah. what to explain that. I'm going to pull you back a minute. explain okay. to people what you mean by bump yourself. Okay, Tell so you everybody what we're talking about.
3: Okay, so I'm working a show at TFW in Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, me and Bruno Lauer had been talking for a little while, and I was like, hey, dude. Come down and check the show out, because we were pulling in every Friday night, uh, 350 people, and on Saturday it was 425 an or higher. And mm-hmm. he's like, "Man, I'll come on down." I said, "Bruno, you come down. I'll pay you gas. I'll get your motel room. I'll pay your gas. I just want you to look at, it. you know." And yeah. he's like, "Yeah, man, I'll come in and check it out." So we, he comes in and he's like, "I like this guy. I like this guy. I like this guy." Mm-hmm. He said, "But this is what I want to know." He said. I want to know, Joey. I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Uh, well, he said, I've asked a lot of officials this, and I can't seem to get one to even want to participate in it because I don't think they know what they're doing." I said, "Okay." He said, "I want you to bump yourself." So, okay. uh, so in the main event, there was this guy named Judas. He's six seven, I think he weighed right at. 360 somewhere around in there. That's a big uh, boy. Yeah, he's a big boy. And <laughs> then there was uh there was another guy, uh, TJ Wells from uh Jonesboro, Arkansas. Yes. uh, six foot one, right at 405 pounds. Woo! And so I'm like, okay, guys, so Bruno's asked me a question. He wants me to to do a little something for him tonight. This is yeah. what I need you two to do. Yeah, I need you two to work your way up to the top rope. And they were like, "For what? We're big men." I said, "Because I want you to suplex the other son of a bitch off the top rope." <laughs> okay, so yeah. here they go working their way up to the top rope, and so I'm getting to where I can work over to him. I'm like, "Hey, come on, guys! Y'all need to get down. I do a little count." He hits him a couple times. I like, "Hey, you know," and I'm kind of get his attention. I'm moving them around. I'm getting them situated, helping pushing them up. And nobody's even realizing what we're doing at this point yeah, in time. These are sure. some big guys. Yeah. Okay. And and they have a little problem sometimes getting their knees to work at the second rope trying to get up on it. The reason why you don't ever see them there. Sure. Right? Absolutely. Okay. So they get up and finally get up to the top rope. And I'm yeah. like, hallelujah, gentlemen. Let's have some fun. And they were like, what? I said, go. And so as they started to fall out into the center of the ring, I started walking with them <laughs> as they were falling. Well, as soon as they hit the center of the ring, I just gave myself just a little push. Yeah. And when I did, I went about 10 feet above the top rope. Oh, shit. (laughs) And so when I went about, when I got up there to where I could relax. Yeah. And just motion myself, I just Mm -hmm. laid down. And then, boom, I hit my bump, dude. And Bruno was like, dude, I'm going to give you two numbers to call. He said, that is the most spectacular fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. He said, I appreciate what you did. He said, I'll be seeing you down the road. Well, a few months later, we wind up in Boomville, Mississippi.
0: Yeah.
3: Okay, we're working at EPW. Bruno wants to work a hair versus retirement match. Oh, Lord. Yes, and so I'm like, well, Bruno, uh, you don't have any hair, brother. Uh, so explain to me how we're going to work this, you know? Yeah, and right. he's... <laughs> This, this went on for a couple of weeks and then something happened. Bruno, it was getting close to mania. And, uh, Bruno just, I was, man, I can't make it. He said, we'll do it again sometime down the road. He said, because I really want to do the single with you. Yeah. He said, uh, I think it would be just awesome. He said, you know, two old school guys getting in there and, and, and guys, oh, that was somebody that y'all didn't mention that I figured that y'all would mention was, uh, Bruno Lauer as a referee.
2: Downtown Bruno.
3: downtown, yeah, downtown Bruno. Bruno sure. Yeah. Hey, Mama says it just bees that way sometimes. Well, here's a question for you,
0: and then I want Mikey Messier to chime in here, and then we'll go to Amelia because I got some some uh, female related questions. Um, <laughs> has a promoter ever come up to you, Joey, because of the fact that you're in the ring all the time? Has a promoter ever come up to you and said? Hey, Joey, I want you to take a look at some guys with me. I'm scouting some guys that I'm thinking about hiring. Okay, so tell me. Let's, uh, let's okay, so like, that.
3: all right, so the bumps and bruises pro wrestling academy that Bobby Horn runs. Okay, sir true. Mo from being on a mission out of WWF. Give, give uh, them a
0: plug. I want you to give them yes, a plug. Yes,
3: that's the OIWA organization mm-hmm. as a whole. That's SOAR Championship Wrestling. That's Chaotic Kingdom Championship Wrestling. That's right. Southern Extreme Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And yeah. South Central Championship Wrestling. Okay. okay? that that is, one of, that is the group that I run with mostly. I do okay. Ozark Mountain on my off weeks where I'm mm-hmm. not booked with those guys. Okay. So, uh they're like, so you're "Hey, man, all
0: the time." Then,
3: oh yeah, pretty much. Yes, we do Good all time. You. Yeah, we stay, we stay busy. I mean, Good. we've got Good. one to Good. two shows pretty much every week in a month. Wow. You know? Yes, Good. I mean, and Bobby's wanting to get to where he's running eight. So, I mean, and that's probably fixing to happen as soon as COVID can get out of the way. Bobby's yeah. going to unleash the OIWA organization on the world, and I Good. try. Pr- I promise you. There's Mm -hmm. guys coming out of there like Dante Smiley who's doing AEW Dark, Mm -hmm. Charles Mm -hmm. Lane, Xander Gold who is doing AEW Dark, Dean Mm -hmm. Fleming, who is doing AEW Dark, Savion Savion who just did his debut at WWE. I know who Savion Truitt. Yes, he just debuted there. All these guys are coming out of this camp. Okay, there's so many of them that's coming out of this camp. DJ Brown Jr. Okay, well Memphis. His dad, Danny Brown, uh, a Memphis classic. Okay. Of course. Uh, right up Downtown there. Brown. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, so all these guys, you know, this is the area where I was raised, grew mm-hmm. up in, trained in the, mm-hmm. the, the southern, not so strong style, Mississippi, Alabama to mm-hmm. Texas, Nevada, strong style.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So
3: sure. I, it's kind of in the mix. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, they'll ask me, hey, Uh, I've got a couple of guys I've been working. Would you uh happen to come in for me tonight, man, for a couple hours and let's see what they got. And I'm like, yeah, I'll come in. And then they're like, well, who are you? I'm like, I'm your official for the night. I said, we're going to see what you can actually do. See what you got. And they're like, "Uh, how does that work? I said, don't call a spot in the back. You listen to me.
0: And Mike Messier,
3: you and I, that's a music to our ears,
0: brother. Mikey, why is it a good idea? Uh, I'm going to go to you on this one. Uh, Why is it a good idea, Mikey, for a guy that's a ref to partner with the promoter and feel guys out? What's the advantage for the promoter to have a ref eyeball guys for you?
2: Well, my opinion would just be that who's got a better view of the matches than the referee? He's right there in the ring. Exactly. You know, it's, it's a simple thing where... And a tuned ref like Joey and like the people that we've mentioned. Uh, I also want to put out, you know, shout outs to Bill Alfonso and Teddy Long. I have a list.
0: We're going to go through the list. Yes. Too. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: But, but to answer your question, oh, yeah. like I said, it's, it's just if you're right in the middle of the action and you're you're that third man in the ring, then that's so empowering. You have the
3: best view in the house. You see who's messing up first. And who's covering up first?
0: Exactly. 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 Uh, well, Mike Messier, you mentioned a couple of names, so let's talk about them. Sure. It's, uh, of course, you know, Amelia's favorite, Bronco Lubin. <laughs> Bronco Lubin. <laughs> the second name on my list. Here's, mm-hmm. here's this on my list. Here you go. Bronco Lubitsch, Bill Alfonso, <laughs> Randy Anderson, Scott Armstrong. Uh-huh. Jason Ayers, Jessica Carr. She was the first full-time female ref in WWE. Uh-huh. Mike Kyoto, John Cone, Dangerous Danny Davis, Jack Doan, Aubrey Edwards, uh, Dan Engler, Tiger Hattori, Dave Hebner, Earl Hebner, um, uh, Joe Higuchi, Brian Hildebrand, Uh, Jimmy Corderas, Theodore Long, uh, Joey Morella, the late Joey Morella, Shane McMahon, Nick Patrick, Charles Robinson, Billy Silverman. There's one for you, Joey. There you go. I love me some Billy Silverman, buddy. Um, Real talk. Tim White, Drake Warts, Tommy Young, Sputnik Monroe, and
3: Jersey Joe Walcott.
0: Mm-hmm. Man,
3: that's a that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. That's funny. yeah, Jersey Joe Walker. Mm-hmm. Now he yeah, was a guy,
0: Mike Messier. Jersey Joe Walcott was a professional fighter, a boxer. In yeah. fact, he was two time world champion. Um but he found a niche as a wrestling referee. Though he never wrestled, you know, he was a pro fighter for a living. Right. Um but he found a hell of a niche as a referee and and they call on him a lot. And not small matches either, Mikey. You're talking right. about, you know, Buddy Rogers and uh, Pat O'Connor, Bruno San Martino and Stan Stasia. Uh oh my God, who else? Um oh just a, a plethora of championship bounces man uh refereed. Um uh, Joey, do you, you
3: know who I'm talking about? Jersey Joe? I, I've heard that name several mm-hmm. times.
1: Mm-hmm. I've, yeah, I've heard Jersey a lot of guys Georgia. talk
3: about that guy. You know, and they How actually he's Sputnik a good Monroe. referee. Sputnik, Sputnik. Sputnik Monroe's a
0: guy from Texas who became quite famous in Tennessee, as a matter of fact. Yes, he did. Interestingly enough, uh, it, Sputnik Monroe is the only professional wrestler in the country music hall of fame that's awesome country music hall of fame you hear what I'm saying mm-hmm. he is and not only is he a champion wrestler and referee by the way but he's also a six time grammy award winning country music writer mm-hmm. You That's can't cool. make this shit up. <laughs> that is freaking cool, man. You can't make this shit up. That's I think cool. He
2: was also an anti-segregation advocate in yes. the wrestling world, too. Because uh, of
0: Sputnik Monroe, we have a, a interracial audience now. Well, yeah. He's yeah. around, big. He's, If you don't let the... Then, then right. mm-hmm. this. Yes. Um, you watched guys like the Von Erichs, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, them, them sissy boys, you know, them Von Erics wrestle and <laughs> against, <laughs> against my guys, the Freebirds, oh, um, yes. who were real men. Mm-hmm. So tell me about some of your favorite referee moments watching uh, matches in Texas, along with your pretty boy, Gino. Of course.
1: Who else, right? <laughs> well, it's like. It's like, you know, well, David Manning, of course, everybody knew that he hated Gino Hernandez and Chris Adams and it was always for the Von Erics, so I'm sorry to say, but that is the truth. And my my thing, Joey, is like how would you not know if they had something in their trunks? Of course. You would know ahead of time, right?
0: You would. Yeah. And we just well, kind of pretend Joey, that they didn't expand have it, right? That? Sir, yes. Joey, can you expand on that?
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So when, whenever you're fixing to, and I'm fixing to break kayfabe for you because this is what we're told not to do. Well, kayfabe is pretty much dead. Vince took care of that.
0: Y'all yeah, remember that?
3: Absolutely. Vince took care of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, in the back, whenever you are discussing, and that's usually when I tell the guys, man, you just need to, I need to know the opening and the end of the match. If I'm mm-hmm. involved in the open of it, I mean, let, let's get it going. Everything else mm-hmm. to work. I'll take care of my part. I got gotcha. you. Yep.
0: How's okay. it going to open and who's uh, going over it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, see, I'm
3: going to pull this chain out of my trunks. Okay. Yeah. That's how you iterate on that. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and you see sometimes a guy will be like, okay, I want you to find these two chains. I'm going to have them in my tights right here and one in my knee pad.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And
3: when you give them, start giving them the pat down, which is what an official is supposed to do. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to pat the guy down. This is not a boxing match, gentlemen. All right. Exactly. We, mm-hmm. we are in an actual combat sport. Event,
0: mm-hmm.
3: okay. Regardless of how it plays out at the end, mm-hmm. regardless mm-hmm. of anything there, that ring will mess you up. Yes, it will. Okay, it will kill you.
0: Yeah.
3: Okay, it, and it has. Get, get that. Yes, get that straight right off the bat. Anything else is twisted. Mm-hmm. Okay. If, if when we discuss our matches in the back, and again, I iterated earlier, if yeah. an official is good. He's gonna make sure that he's listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's gonna make sure that he's hearing different things are going on because referees just have, don't have one job. Okay. See, this
0: is just um, something that Mike Messier and I have talked about ad nauseum on previous episodes. One of the things that Mikey and I believe, and I'm not gonna put words in your mouth, Mikey, because I just I know how you feel on this. Mm-hmm. Um we have always believed, and I say this collectively. We have always believed that from the opening bell to the closing bell, there's an open and there's a finish. But whatever happens in between A and Z is how you get from A to Z. That's exactly right. Okay? Mm-hmm. And Mikey and I have a problem with the term fake or phony. Mm-hmm. I do, too. I, I, and I have a problem with the term predetermined. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like to say, um, you know, and again, I'm old school, so I like to say getting over and being over. Mm -hmm. And Mike and I have talked about the the difference between getting over and being over. You Mm -hmm. know, getting over is how you get yourself over to the crowd. Being over is how you win a match. And that's the difference. So I'm gonna, you know what, Mikey? I've talked enough on this. I want you to jump in here with Joey, and uh, to. and to, and talk about the what we're, to, you know, follow up on what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, Joey,
2: uh, and I, Joey, trust me, I'm I'm really fascinated by this wrestling company that you're talking about tonight. It sounds like they've got some great people. I've go to a lot of the AEW dark tapings because I live here in Jacksonville, so I've gone to about forty AEW shows in the last year and a half, and it's a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, one thing about the, the current, and this is me asking as an outsider to an insider, but Joey, one thing that I feel, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but back in the 80s, or maybe even the, the early 90s, the wrestlers would call the spot, so to speak, call the match in the ring. And these days, when I, especially, and I love AEW, I'm a big AEW enthusiast. But when I watch AEW and there was a match, uh, Leela Hirsch versus Thunder Rosa last night, yeah. and they're obviously trying to go through the spots that they worked yeah. out in the dressing room, and they're failing miserably because they the, the height difference or something was off with those two ladies last yeah. night. It's, it's not just ladies' matches. a lot of men's matches, too. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but certain wrestlers that even I have a lot yeah. of respect for, young bucks, for instance, you can tell – that the wrestlers are in the dressing room working out their little spots, especially with these multiple man matches, five on five, three on three. Mm -hmm. To me, I'd rather watch Ricky Steamboat and Tully Blanchard at Stark 84 when they're calling the thing in the ring and it looks like an athletic contest. And I don't know, is there any way as a referee in your position uh, working behind the scenes, can you influence these wrestlers to just be better in the ring generals and not dressing room uh, choreographers
3: you know thank you.
2: He, oh thank
0: i, I you for that appreciate it. yes sir yes, yes sir thank most definitely
3: that one, most Messier, definitely okay. dude because there they that you and know I if, hope if, everybody if, heard that
0: yes. you guys yes. you, you 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 uh armchair quarterbacks watching this on facebook mm-hmm. and
3: youtube Oh, uh,
0: yeah uh, <laughs> of mike Messier. Yes. day okay. all right he so eviscerate you uh, in a video if you don't agree with him.
3: Mike, <laughs> you you hit that so so hard on the Absolutely. head, dude. It's Beautifully. not even funny. Beautifully. Okay? That yeah. was so beautiful as to determine and pick mm-hmm. that out and place it down and tell it like it is, brother. Yes. Like it yes. is. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, dude, I appreciate that. Because if I had even the young guys coming in, I had that same mentality, especially thinking in this business with that mentality, they would get a lot further, a lot mm-hmm. quicker,
2: mm-hmm. and less pumps. Yes, because the less high flying stuff that you do, the less hurricane ranas or the less uh, suicide tipas or whatever yes. uh, mm-hmm. tope suicidas. I mean, the less mm-hmm. of those you do, and the more working the arm, working the the, the, the old fashioned Kamala neck pinch. I mean, yes. those old fashioned moves.
3: If you and you don't them, see that no more.
0: Yeah. No. no, I want people matter, to yeah. think about something.
3: They all want to be Shawn Michaels. They don't want to be Bret yeah. Hart. When was the last time you seen
0: the well, Right. Well, I, I, here you go. I, go I'm going to, let, let, let the old guy jump in for a second, Mikey. Listen go. to this one, Joey. I'm 63 years old, okay? okay? I grew up in a time where wrestlers were not allowed, not only... Could they not use the ropes? They weren't allowed to use the ropes, yes. Right. And if they tried to, they'd probably kill themselves anyway. Right. Because the ropes were so loose and so shaky, you could not climb them. Right. You Mm -hmm. had to wrestle chain style
3: on the mat. That's how you can tell how wrestling has evolved from day one to where we are now. Mm -hmm.
0: When a guy got thrown into the ropes, Mike Messier. Those ropes used to shake violently. That was Mm -hmm. part of the match. The movement of the ring Mm -hmm. was part of the match. You never saw gorgeous George jump off the top of a rope. Mm -hmm. Ever. Right. You never saw Bruno do it or, God forbid, Haystack's Calhoun. (laughs) If if you could get up to (laughs) him, you know? (laughs) <laughs> but you, they didn't need to is the point I'm trying to make. Now, but a guy that could never did. A guy like Pat O'Connor, Buddy Rogers, mm-hmm. um, P- <laughs> P- Pampero Ferpo. Okay. These guys were rough, tough guys. Right. Could they have used the ropes? They sure they could have. Okay. they take their life in their hands if they tried it, though. You know? They oh, might yeah. lose their life, or worse, they might lose their job, you know? Well, I, yeah. I want to...
2: Angela, could i ask everybody yeah, something please. it's sure. kind of a, a point and then a question maybe for for joey and for everybody but uh-huh. you sure. know, a, a federation that i loved at the time and i still hold in high regard was the the real ecw the original you know say 1995 to 1999 ecw mm-hmm. raven mm-hmm. uh tommy dreamer etc sabu I'm not taking anything away from those guys. But in that promotion with the hardcore elements and um, the the excess of violence and blood and and unsafe scaffold matches with Brian Lee, lucky he didn't get killed in that Tommy Dreamer uh, Mm -hmm. scaffold.
0: Oh, God, yeah, please.
2: But, Joey, did ECW as great and as fun as it was as a fan? We saw so many of these guys have passed away before their time, the Pitbull, so many other guys have passed away. I got to think that the excess of ECW, the painkillers these guys must have taken, um, to me, it's almost like ECW burned everybody out. And ever yeah. since Impact Wrestling or TNA and Ring of Honor, they've all tried to kind of put a variation on the spin of ECW. Mm-hmm. And even modern AEW with Chris Jericho and the Nick Gage with the pizza cutter on his face.
3: Yeah, that's Did, E-C-
2: did, did yeah. ECW take us down a path that we haven't gotten over, Joey? Are we still going down that, that tunnel?
3: I don't think we're going down that tunnel. You know why? Because we don't see it anymore. If you see it, it's going to be on the independent scene. Okay, if you say, okay, let's let's take the AEW pay-per-view. Okay, there was a little bit of blood shown. Okay, how violent was the blood? Was it done with a freaking cheese grater? Right. No.
0: Right.
3: Okay. All right, so the, the the path that was taken by ECW was bringing a new style, a new era, and a new fan into the picture, okay? They promoted blood, guts, and gore. Mm-hmm. Okay?
0: I'll tell you what else they did, Joey and Mikey, that a lot of people seem to forget if they remember at all. Bill Alfonso, whose name has come up a couple times on the show, before he entered ECW, let's not forget, Bill Alfonso was an established, traditional corporate referee. He's the guy who refereed Bruiser Brody and Lex Luger, by mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. In that famous match where Lex Luger uh, ran away, from, literally ran away from Bruiser Brody, Climbed yes. out of the cage and ran back to the dressing room. Uh-huh. That was a shoot, by the way. Because uh, I, I, Barbara Goodish, Bruiser Brody's wife, is a dear friend of mine. She's been on the show many times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she said, Frank talks about that. He said, All, all he had to do was come to me. I would have talked to the kid. But he literally ran away. And Bill Alfonso was <laughs> responsible. For maintaining decorum in that match. How do you do that with a guy like Bruiser and Lex Luger? Very you get well on, that same, you you get on that same level. You gotta get on that same level. He did he did it exceedingly well. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a guy that's been around a long time, but to Mike Messier's point, and a very good point, Mikey, Bill Alfonso was the first. Referee in ECW That became a character Mm -hmm. And not only Was he a character But when he Became that character He ceased To be a referee And that's what people Don't remember Bill Alfonso never Became a referee After he became the character and that's something we have to give kudos and applause and say, well done, Bill. Mm-hmm. You know, because he didn't insult anybody's intelligence. He, he right. became that character. He stuck to it. He was a belligerent, arrogant asshole of a, of a person, like a manager type. And he, that's what he did, and he did it well. And he was exceedingly well. As a referee, go ahead, Joe. You can tell me, shut up now.
3: Uh, no, you're, you're <laughs> fine, brother. I mean, I, I love hearing some of the information that I don't know, yeah. You know, and I've been doing this for a long time and I've heard a lot of stories, a lot yeah. of tales, you know, well, from brother, a lot I, of different guys.
0: I, I fortunate, I am very fortunate. Mikey knows this. I am very fortunate to have, have relatives in the wrestling business when I was a young man, okay. and one of my relatives was a, a heavy hitter in the worldwide wrestling federation that became wwe right. uh, i worked in the worldwide wrestling federation it was my first wrestling job and i've owned my own wrestling company as were as well as worked for the nwa and other prestigious organizations here on the east coast so i've been around a long time those are my credentials and people who want my credentials that are easy to find just there you know where to find me. There I'm everywhere. Go. There you go. Um, but here's the thing, though, and and to Mike Messier's point, you know, um, I forgot, Mikey, where we're we going with this. Um,
3: oh well, shit! ECW, I just gave you myself a brain fart. If, yeah, he was asking about ECW. The their their brand, you know, mm-hmm. had evolved.
0: You oh, know? okay, and, Mike, and, go
3: ahead. And I get I get what Mikey's saying because I know where he's going with this point. Uh, uh, ECW was a brand that pulled a whole different genre, a whole different generation, it, into yes. their product. Okay, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. for ECW to do that and make it was what was really mind-boggling. So yeah, you're gonna really have to give your hats off to the Booker on that one.
0: Well, but but think about something, Joey and Mikey and and Amelia, Mm because you're the young pup here. (laughs) But think about this. What was ECW? What was it? What was the name? It was a throwback to old school wrestling. Yes, it was. That's what it was. It was a throwback to old school wrestling. And who was (laughs) the booker? Eddie Gilbert. Heyman. Paul Mm -hmm. Heyman. Yeah. Okay. Think about that. That's old school, brother. That's old school. People don't get. remember Paul no. Heyman was poorly dangerously.
1: Mm-hmm. People they wanted to bring that. back it. They wanted to bring back wrestling the way it used to be.
3: Exactly. And, and the thing for Paul Heyman is he still believes and and dreams and changes and trains that mm-hmm. way. He yes. still coaches that yes. way, and it needs it still needs to be brought to the forefront yes, that way. Yes, it's it a does.
0: mindset and that's what I want yes. to and you know, implore people to understand this. Mm-hmm. Wrestling is a mindset. The role mm-hmm. of the referee is part of that mindset. Mm-hmm. Understand that the referee you're watching is a part of that match. He's not yes. just the third guy in the ring. No. He's the guy making it happen. Yes. And a lot of Cases the referee is the catalyst for what's happening.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you say catalyst for what's happening.
0: I've got and- a question for uh, for Mike Messier. This is from Jimmy Thunder from Down Under. Would you call ECW hot shotting?
2: Well, they did they did a lot of hot shotting. I mean, I I wouldn't, I mean, they also they did some great storytelling, don't get me wrong. And and I'm not I'm not pointing the finger or anything against ECW. I went to a lot of ECW shows, so I, I loved the promotion. But my my point is just, did they burn out things? And, and in, in ECW, you didn't have a lot of disqualifications or road breaks. I mean, the referees, mm-hmm. my buddy Paul Richard was an ECW referee. Uh, he was a great referee, but they yeah. they really didn't have a lot of power for the referees. ECW because if you remember, there wasn't uh, over the top rope DQs or or anything like right. that in ECW. It, it, almost every single match wasn't an anything goes match. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so my point is just the excess of ECW. I understand it was a tip of the hat to Mid South and a tip of the hat to Memphis with the fireballs and everything. To yeah. me. If you look at how many guys passed away at a young age that had ECW on their resume, how many guys, you know, New Jack getting hurt all the time, mm-hmm. there was a certain mm. over-the-top aggressiveness of it, which was great as a fan, but for the actual wrestlers, maybe not so much because a lot of them didn't move yeah. very much after that.
3: It's unfortunate, Mike, but it's true. And It's true that you touched up on that because if you go back and you look. How many wrestlers have passed away that went through ECW? Yeah. Okay. All right. So what what would yeah. you think the scenario would be as far as a pro wrestler going through a extreme company mm-hmm. with a very, very fluent old school background yeah. compared to a more watered down product as far I'll as I'll tell WWE. you what the
0: difference was, Joey, because I can answer that question. I'll Go tell you what the it, difference okay. was and why we lost so many people at ECW. There were a crew of bright, talented, energetic young guys who got too rich, too famous, too quick, and they couldn't handle it. A lot of those guys drank themselves to death. A lot of them drugged themselves mm-hmm. to death. That's the case right of- there. And in the case of my late friend Jerome Young, New Jack, who stayed with me in my house here for two days, Jerome, and I'll never call him New Jack. I'll always call him Jerome. Jerome was a tortured soul who lived the gimmick of New Jack to the point where he forgot literally how to be nice to people. Mm -hmm. Okay? I... I took care of that man for two days here in my home. I fed him the best food and gave him the best wine. Three days later, he told me to go fuck myself. What? And why? Because he didn't know how to say thank you. Uh -uh. Okay. He had to live the gimmick. And my heart goes out to his wife in North Carolina. And my heart goes out to his family because they lost a good guy. When Jerome and I were just talking about stuff, he could carry on a conversation, but he would catch himself, Mike Messier. He'd catch right. himself having a good conversation with somebody, and then he'd flip gears and New Jack would come out.
1: The
0: character. Wow.
3: Yeah, it's like he couldn't help himself. So, so. Right. It, it, let's let's put it in, into a little bit more easy term of perspective here. Sure. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the drinking, okay. Those guys will pretty much drink themselves to death before show, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then they would go out there and there would be 20,000 screaming ECW oh, fans that wanted, you know, the yep. biggest impact mm-hmm. that they could get that night. And that's what they paid to come see. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and that was what ECW was promoting at the time. Was blood, Joey, I'm going to heart.
0: prove your point to you. Joey, mm-hmm. I am going to prove your point to you. Mm-hmm. And Mike Messier can vouch for this because he knows the incident I'm talking about. It happened in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the Philadelphia Spectrum. It was a WWE Monday Night Raw. It was a televised show. Okay. The, the show had already started. About 10 minutes into the show, unscripted, unrehearsed, unplanned, about 10 guys from ECW came to the show together. They had tickets. They bought tickets. They weren't part of an angle. When those guys walked into that spectrum, 25,000 people went nuts. Yeah. hmm Mm-hmm. Those 10 guys popped that building of 25,000 people. And that's and where I was can going see with my point. Mm-hmm. You can see it in living color on YouTube because yep. the yep. clip is still there.
3: Yep. Yep. Regardless so that's, of that's anything the point, else, Billy, yes. Yes. I I yes, yes. And, and right, that shit
0: happened. Yes.
3: And, that you know, the happens. reason why that happened like that is because those guys not only drank themselves in the ground, but went out there in front of twenty five thousand fans and put it all on the line. Absolutely. They didn't care about anything else. Those guys peeled themselves to death and still went out there in twenty five thousand people and put it all on the line.
0: But I see every bit happen, of they didn't they didn't
3: care about their bodies. They were that well, was a product that, that, that real. Yeah, that was a product that every Paul Heyman pushed hard on. Yeah. Okay. And he said, if you want to be extreme, you have to live extreme. Yeah. In this business, we're living the extreme. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's how they built ECW. Uh,
0: Speaking of extreme, I'm going to bring Melia in here.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Speaking of extreme, I bring you in, right? Probably (laughs) the least extreme person here. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about it because I interrupted you earlier, and I hardly ever do that. You know that.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Um, <laughs> and why are you laughing, Mike? Because <laughs> 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 he knows, he so knows me, you're I, lying. Why not I in, <laughs> interrupt you before? Um, so let's talk about, because uh, you, you watched wrestling in Texas. You grew up there. Uh, uh-huh. By the way, we got a uh, a shout-out from uh, Boston Spencer. He... um. He's a, a Northeast guy. He's a Boston guy living here in Texas. Boston. How you doing, brother? I miss you being on the show here. I want oh, to oh. so, <laughs> you Sorry about to that. Me on the floor? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So, talk to me, Amelia, uh-huh. talk to me about uh, watching wrestling in Texas and the, uh-huh. uh, the the role of the referee when you were yes. a young kid uh, growing uh-huh. up watching. Your, by the way, I should tell everybody. She's the pres. this is legit too. I'm um, this is straight shoot. She's the president of the Gino Hernandez fan club. And uh, <laughs> give them the name. Of your, give them the name of your your uh, your group. Ben.
1: well, it's me and Courtney. Uh, we're um uh, we're admins of the Gino Forever. Uh, Gino Forever. Fan, yeah, it's a Facebook page. All right,
0: and that's called Gino Forever, and mm-hmm. it's Amelia and Courtney. They are they run the group. Mm-hmm. So go ahead so tell me about uh growing up watching you know you're uh, you know 11 twelve years old you're watching your uh, your guy Gino and you're watching these referees and mm-hmm. the, was it clear to you as a ten 11 year old kid at the time is that when you started watching wrestling or was it you were, you were younger I, actually my dad I was to what me... you said to me before you were younger.
1: Actually, my dad would take me when I was four years old. I was letting um, okay. I got yeah, you. I was four.
0: Yeah. So did you I, wonder who that other person in the ring was besides these two guys beating each other up?
1: Oh no, my dad would explain that's the referee, and this is what he was doing because we would watch it on TV. Because I'd say, Daddy, who is that? What are you doing? He's like, I'm watching wrestling. I said, Really? What What are they doing? He goes, Oh, they're just wrestling. So I just sit there and watch because that's pretty much I was on TV, just three channels back then, and of course, mm-hmm. being there was no remote. And I was a channel changer. So, you know, little kid. Yeah, sure. I said, well, what is this? He goes, well, we're just watching this. I'm like, "Okay." So we just sit there and watch. And I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. So from then on, I was hooked. And
0: when you became aware of what the referee was and who he was, uh did that change your perspective on what you were watching
1: yeah, because I was like, why is he doing that? Why is he being mean to that other guy? He's like, well, that's the bad guy. I said, what do you mean that's the bad guy? He goes, yeah, the heel. I said, what do you mean heel? That's what we got on our foot. So my dad had to explain that, you know, little kid. And he's like, well, why is he being mean to that person? He goes, because he's supposed to be the good guy and that's the bad guy. And I was like, well, okay. So he explained that to me finally. And he says, yeah, he's belt, he wins the belt. He's the champion and he's supposed to take the belt from him. And so we finally, I said, okay, Southwest Championship Wrestling, do they come here? He goes, yes, every other championship. <gasps> and I said, great. I said, who's that guy over there? He's like, oh, you know, he would explain to me that's Lutez, because I remember watching Lutez, mm-hmm. and that's Wahoo McDaniel, my dad's favorite wrestler. So we'd watch him, and then uh, we'd, I guess, I would remember I was four years old, and it was so exciting hearing these people scream, and I'm like, oh my god, that's loud, but I got used to it. And so ever since then, we'd watch it forever, and then my grandmother would come to the matches with us sometime, and like I said, we'd watch her, and I was like, okay, where's my grandmother? And she'd be down there yelling at the referee. I'm like, oh my gosh, we've got to get my grandmother out of here before we get kicked out of here, And but the referee would love it because the fans would love it say, come on, come on, you know, yeah, listen to this lady, listen to this lady, stop being mean to him, And but the referee would love it because he's like, come on, come on, you know, you're getting the crowd going, come on, so that's what and then finally... <laughs> Our, we would be there every other Tuesday And then I got to know this guy And I was like who in the world is that my first crush And I was like that's Gino Hernandez he's a bad guy You're not supposed to like him I'm like well, why not he's cute My dad's like no he's a mean guy I said I don't care he's cute <laughs> So we got to watch him it's You like, can't talk cute. shit
0: about Gino she'll rip your throat no. out yeah.
1: <laughs> And if you say David no, Manning's want, a good man. referee
0: uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh. I'll tell you what it's been a very Spirited night Yes. It really, really has been a hell of a night. Mike Messier, yeah. yeah. Good night for you. It was fun. Oh. I just, I had one, one final name that we didn't get
2: to, but Gilberto yeah. Roman was the old WWF oh my ref. Gilberto Roman. Mm-hmm. He's he the only referee in this
0: bunch that's actually
2: built like me.
0: Short <laughs> and fat. <short. laughs> he, he you know who he me. always reminded me of? You're going to laugh when I tell you. I swear to oh. God. Gilberto Roman reminded me of Fred Flintstone. What? He did he look <gasps> like Fred Flintstone. Did, go look at him. He, had a, he, 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 had he even he, had the he, five o'clock shadow going. The
1: five o'clock shadow going right here. <laughs> he did. He had
0: the, the five o'clock shadow. Looked like he hadn't shaved in about four days. You know? Yeah. And he was about this big. And he was as tall as he was wide. <laughs> you know? He Probably was like what they used to call a four by four.
3: God right. <laughs> 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 knows what I'm
0: talking about. You
1: know
2: He's what I'm talking about.
0: That's what they call fat women in Tennessee. Four by fours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Mike Messier. What do you got to promote, brother? Promote away. Well, yes. my book,
2: my book, A Distance from Avalon, just uh, got released in hardcover, so you can find that on Amazon. And I'm uh, currently working on another book, Fighter Play Basketball, and um, MikeMessier.com, AvaloniaFestival.com for filmmakers yep. I at a film
0: festival. And uh, beyond book. that,
2: subscribe to and Mike I Messier. And I have
0: that book, by the way. It's a good book. It really is. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you like it. And uh, subscribe thank to you. Mike oh, Messier. Thank you, you it.
2: it. Yeah, no problem. Subscribe to Mike Messier YouTube channel. It has all my pro wrestling rants. I have some AEW clips I take with my phone. I do some you know, obviously it's my phone camera, so it's not the network coverage. It's just my mm-hmm. own mic cam, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, you know, angry wrestling fan. Still angry, and
0: do you but Mikey, you still have a Man in a camera films incorporated? Yeah, I still do. The
2: last thing I filmed was Seduction of Distance, which was actually me acting in a uh, monologue from the same book. So I filmed oh. that in July of 21. And when does
0: your film come out with
2: Eric Roberts? Uh, Mr. Birthday is out now. It's a uh, Oh, it's out. So okay.
0: You. Oh, yeah, okay. You can, you can see Mike Messier along with uh, Academy Award nominee Eric Roberts in a film called uh, Mr. Birthday. It's called Mr. Birthday. You got it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, it's on and, YouTube uh,
0: and, and, and he has a a lead part. It's a prominent part, right, Mikey? Yeah, I play Hank.
2: I play uh, part of the team of the Happy Birthday group. We're a group of people that make uh, birthday parties for kids that don't have uh, any friends, like if they're new to town or mm-hmm. they're unpopular or they're getting picked on. Uh, the, the Happy That's Birthday cool. Alliance of myself and, and a few others, we go in and we make a big party for everybody. And Eric Roberts is in the movie and Jason London from dazed and confused. And my buddy yes. Dan Hunter produced that and uh, directed it. My friend David gear was also a, a producer. So uh, a lot of good
0: times with that movie. It was fun. And where, and where is it? Is it streaming? Is it the, where can think, we see it?
2: Yeah. If you go to YouTube and you put in uh, Mr. Birthday 2021, or um, you probably find it, I think it's six ninety nine on YouTube. Okay. And then there's other paid outlets. You know, if you just put Mr. Birthday 2021,
0: Eric Roberts, it'll Great. come up. Beautiful. Oh, All right. Referee
3: Joey Lynn, promote away, brother. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you've ever wanted to become a pro wrestler, <laughs> even thought about becoming a pro wrestler, 501 Bumps and Bruises, Sherwood, Arkansas, through the OIWA organization. 469, Bumps and Bruises, Dallas, Texas, Bobby Horn, under the OIWA organization, Southern Extreme, over in Forest City, Arkansas, under Danny Brown Jr., following also through the organization, OIWA. Give if us you've a, ever wanted a become, If you've ever wanted to become a pro wrestler, I encourage you, if you want to really get in the game and be part of the game, seek out somebody that's credible.
0: Seek out Absolutely. somebody that has
3: credentials. Joey, give Talk us phone number on the place. Phone numbers? Uh, I tell you what, I'll give you my personal phone number, and, and you can reach me, and I'll Go get you it. in touch with the people that you need to get in touch with. Go. All for right, that's area off. code five hundred one five two nine seven one nine nine. That's five hundred one.
0: Phone number out for the world five two
3: nine. 7199. If you want to become a pro wrestler, if you want to get out there and get it done, you want to be that, be about that. Get in contact with me. I'll get you where you need to go.
0: And Amelia, live in La Vida Loca Chapman. Where can people reach you? How do they get your social? And (laughs) when will they see you again? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, there it is. Amelia Valerio Chapman on Facebook or aachap70 at gmail.com
0: fabulous and where can they see you
1: right here with you every tuesday and thursday night there
0: you go she picked up on the cue i love it i love it i have a little question for
1: joey uh real quick uh you know how you said that you were uh training you know referees at how long does it take you to train them and you think that they're good to be uh, in the ring as a ref by themselves
3: okay so i don't know For as far as the class that comes in nowadays, as far as training them, wise, Because everybody's different. Mm -hmm. Okay, some guys will pick up on it like that, six to eight months, throw Mm -hmm. them in the ring. Let's do it. Let's see what you got. Okay, Okay? and then you have some guys that it may take a year. It may take two years. You know, I mean, it it just depends on the person, you know, Mm -hmm. because you never know what somebody's dealing with, right? They could Mm -hmm. have some kind of anxiety about being out in front of a crowd of people, but they want to be a pro wrestler. They want to try to be about that part, whatever Mm -hmm. part it is that they're Mm -hmm. trying to do in pro wrestling. You Mm -hmm. never know. So some folks, you know, it just depends
0: Mm -hmm. on where
3: they're at. You know, I trained for uh, two and a half years uh, before I ever got my foot inside a ring for a Mm -hmm. match. Okay. I was started out on the ground. Mm Mm-hmm. That's where I start.
0: Awesome. That's
3: where you're supposed to start.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying,
3: that's where I started. Right? You know, once I got to where I was working with Robert Gibson at All Pro Championship Wrestling,
1: mm-hmm.
2: where
3: he could mentor on me for about a year and a half, yeah. uh, I, I didn't, I, I was really skeptical if it's really what I should be doing.
0: Yeah. Because
3: mm-hmm. I didn't know if I was doing it right. Nobody trained me, right?
0: Yeah.
3: I was trained to wrestle. Uh-huh. I wasn't trained to referee. Uh-huh. Some guy said, Hey, man, I need a referee. Yeah. Where's your shirt at?
0: Uh-huh. Exactly. Okay. Give me the shirt. Uh-huh. Yep. Give me a shirt. No, I got it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'll do it. what I this can.
3: Was a, a hell of a show. i tell
0: you what. Uh-huh. This is, uh, Amelia, it's the first two hour episode. Absolutely uh-huh. right, All
1: right. And Mikey. Beautiful. That is oh, awesome. I tell you my... what,
0: gentlemen, you, we are we are going to reconvene at some uh-huh. point in the future. Uh-huh. Yes, this panel right will be back because we had a lot of fun and I want to do it again. Uh, yes, I was ask Mikey. Um, real quick. and I want my I want my crew to stay with me when we go off okay. the air because don't go nowhere yet.
1: Okay. okay. But on are behalf just of Amelia
0: Living La Vida Loca Chapman, on behalf <laughs> of referee Joey Lynn and all the extreme craziness he's involved in, MikeMessier.com, <laughs> my friend Mike Messier. I'm the Mad Dog, Mad Dog Discipio for Wrestling with the Future. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time, and bye-bye. Bye-bye.